This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. There'll be a great gathering in the sky When all of God's children get home We'll join the happy millions as they sing there Around the great white throne I'm speaking of a big camp meeting Where we never shall say goodbye I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say There's a gathering in the sky One by one we pass through the valley down Our load seems hard to bear But I'm going to a great reunion Where the people's not afraid of prayer There'll be a lot of old times singing Somewhere up in the sky It seems that I can hear them saying There's a gathering in the sky There'll be a great gathering in the sky When all of God's children get home We'll join the happy millions as they sing there Around the great white throne I'm speaking of a big camp meeting Where we never shall say goodbye I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say There's a gathering in the sky There'll be a great gathering in the sky When all of God's children get home We'll join the happy millions as they sing there Around the great white throne I'm speaking of a great camp meeting where we never shall say goodbye. I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say there's a gathering in the sky. Life is life. Must make the run successful from the cradle to the grave. Watch the curves, the fills, the tunnels. Never falter, never fail. Keep your hand up on the throttle. Pilgrim, welcome home. Bless 
Blessed Savior, Thou wilt guide us Till we reach that blissful shore Where the angels wait to join us In God's grace forevermore Where the angels wait to join us In God's grace Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox, and thanks today to Debbie Tag and Jim Haugerud, our musicians, and for those lovely hymns that you just sang. Thanks to Kathy Christensen, who will be reading our lessons and sharing a children's message with us. And thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. And many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at nuicparish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Judy and Jerry Winchell, and we thank Judy and Jerry for their generosity in sponsoring the broadcast. We depend on people like them and like you to help keep this broadcast going. Before I continue with the usual service, because this coming Sunday is September 12th, and the day right before it is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I want to share a prayer here right at the beginning of our service related to that remembrance of 9-11. Thanks to Xavier University and the Jesuit community uh, there at Xavier for this prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Holy God, creator of all people and all nations, it is with sorrow and apprehension we remember the tragic events that occurred on this day. We lift to you in prayer all those who died in the Twin Towers, at the Pentagon, and on United Airlines Flight 93 in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. We entrust them to your loving care. Console their families, friends, and all who mourn this loss in the hope that all who trust in you find peace and rest in your kingdom. We pray for those who courageously courageously responded to provide aid and comfort to the afflicted. May their painful memories of that day be healed and transformed into strength and positive resolution. We also pray for ourselves as we seek your strength and guidance. We live in the aftermath of this tragedy and under the shadow of future acts of aggression, we stand in need of your assistance. Enable us, dear God, to put an end to fear 
by resolving to live lives that are based on respect for one another, by resolving to abide in a peaceful manner and never settle disagreements in our lives in a violent way, by resolving not to fall into the trap of blaming entire ethnic groups, races, or religions in response to acts of hostility, by resolving that justice, not revenge, prevail in our world. Let us resolve that in the face of hatred we will show love, that in times of despair we will be voices of hope and creators of new dreams, that in times of darkness we will be sources of light. Let us resolve that we never regard forgiveness as weakness, but rather as a source of strength in our lives and in our world. And let us honor the memory of nearly 3,000 individuals who died on September 11, 2001, by resolving, with your help, Almighty God, to truly live this way so you may be glorified and your love be made known to others through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name and he is present with each of us. Wherever we might be today, his presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We are in the season of Pentecost. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me and listen as I read the confession of sins. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things that we have failed to do. Turn us again to you, uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear then God's promise of absolution. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and do our gathering songs. How long has it been since you talked with the Lord and told him your heart's hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone through? How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart knew no burden? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew Since you knelt by your bed and prayed to the Lord up in heaven, how long since you knew that he'd answer you 
and would keep you the long night through. How long has it been since you woke with the dawn and felt that the day's worth the living? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of disgrace and grief my soul has often found relief and I'll escape the tempter's snare by thy return sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer thy wings shall my petition bear to him whose truth and faithfulness in gave And since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, I'll cast on him my every care and wait for the sweet hour of Sweet hour. Sweet hour of prayer, may I thy consolation share, till from Mount Pisgah's lofty height I view my home and take my flight. This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to seize the Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those beautiful songs. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please listen along with me as I pray our prayer of the day for today. O God, through suffering and rejection, you bring forth our salvation, and by the glory of the cross, you transform our lives. Grant that for the sake of the gospel we may turn from the lure of evil, take up the cross, 
and follow your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I'll invite Kathy now to come and read our lessons and share the children's message with us. Kathy? The first reading comes from Isaiah, the 50th chapter, verses 4 through 9a. The Sovereign Lord has taught me what to say so that I can strengthen the weary. Every morning he makes me eager to hear what he's going to teach me. The Lord has given me understanding and I have not rebelled or turned away from him. I barred my back to those who beat me. I did not stop them when they insulted me, when they pulled the hairs out of my beard and when they spit in my face. But their insults cannot hurt me because the sovereign Lord gives me help. I embrace myself to endure them. I know that I will not be disgraced for God is near and he will provide, prove to me that I'm innocent. Does anyone dare bring charges against me? Let us go to court together. Let him bring his in accusations. The sovereign Lord himself defends me. Who then can prove me guilty? The psalm comes from Psalm 16, verses 1 through 9. I love the Lord because he hears me. He listens to my prayers. He listens to me every time I call to him. The danger of death was always around me. The horrors of the grave closed in on me. I was filled with fear and anxiety. Then I called to the Lord. I beg you, Lord, save me. The Lord is merciful and good. Our God is compassionate. The Lord protects the helpless. And when I was in danger, he saved me. Be confident, my heart, because the Lord has been good to me. The Lord saved me from death. He stopped my tears and kept me from defeat. And so I walk in the presence of the Lord in the world of the living. The last reading comes from the book of James, uh, beginning with the, in the third chapter, beginning verses 1 through 12. My brothers, not many of you should become teachers. As you know, we teachers will be judged with greater strictness than others. All of us often make mistakes. But if a person never makes a mistake in what he says, he is perfect and is also able to control his home be whole being. We put a bit in the mouth of a horse to make it obey us, and we are able to make it go where we want. Or think of a ship, big as it is and driven by such strong winds, it can be steered by a very small rudder and goes wherever the pilot wants it to go. So it is with the tongue, Small as it is, it can boast about great things. Just think how large a forest can be set on fire by a tiny flame, and the tongue is like a fire. It is a world of wrong occupying its place in our bodies and spreading evil through our whole being. It sets on fire the entire course of our existence with the fire that comes from it from hell itself. Man is able to tame and has tamed all creatures, wild animals and birds and reptiles and fish. But no one has ever been able to tame the tongue. It's evil, uncontrollable, full of deadly poison. We use it to give thanks to our Lord and Father and also to curse our fellow man who is created in the likeness of God. Words of thanksgiving and cursing pour from the same mouth. My brothers, this should not happen. No spring water pours out both sweet water 
and bitter water from the same opening. A fig tree, my brothers, cannot bear olives. A grapevine cannot bear figs, nor can salty springs produce sweet water. Here ends the readings. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi, guys. Have you ever heard this saying, bite your tongue? It doesn't really mean that you have to bite your tongue. It means not to say something bad about someone. In the story that I just read from the book of James, it said, just think how large a forest can be set on fire by a tiny flame. And your tongue is like a flame. So if you say something bad to a friend, your tongue is starting a fire. The bad things you say make your friend, friend feel hurt, sad, or maybe they just don't want to be your friend anymore. How does that make you feel? Sad and wish you could take it back, those hurtful words? But you can't. Once those hurtful words are out of your mouth, there is no way to take them back. It's just like trying to put toothpaste back into the tube. God wants you to think before you speak. Use your tongue to say kind things about your friend. Speak well of them. Don't speak of things that harm your friend, but only speak of good things about your friend. Words that help them, encourage them, encourage them to be a better person. By speaking good things about your friend, it also makes you a better person. Be a better person is what God wants for all of us. So use your tongue wisely for good. Let us pray. Dear God, we know the words we speak can hurt people, so help us to use our tongues wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to sing a song for you, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Jesus knows our 
Thanks, Kathy, for that beautiful message and song to go with it. Our gospel lesson for today is from the gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter, verses 27 through 38. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, some years ago I was invited to speak at the 30th anniversary celebration of a Good Samaritan nursing home in Fenimore, Wisconsin. The celebration was planned for a Sunday afternoon in the fall. I don't know who made the decision to have it on this particular Sunday, but apparently he or she wasn't a big football fan because they'd scheduled the open house and program for the same Sunday and the same time that the Packers were playing the Vikings. The open house began a little after one with lots of food and people, mostly residents' family, but also some community members visiting and reminiscing about the past years. In both the residents' living room and the staff lounge, the big football game was on TV. It was a close game, and as the fourth quarter began, the program for the 30th anniversary celebration also began. People moved, reluctantly, into the dining room chapel area for the program. There was a welcome and music and thank yous and so on. I was introduced as a special speaker from the corporate headquarters in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I got a polite round of applause. I began my little message with a Bible verse or two and then launched into my message about all the love and compassion and kindness that had happened in so many quiet and unseen ways in the halls and rooms of the Fenimore Good Samaritan over the past 30 years. I was just beginning to tell a story about what love looks like in a nursing home when there was a commotion, really loud yelling, from the staff lounge where apparently some people were still watching the Packers-Vikings game, and also apparently something big had just happened. Many of the men in the audience, and some of the women too, slipped quickly out of their seats and headed to see the drama unfold, and whether or not the Packers or the Vikings were about to win the big game. 
It went from being applauded to being abandoned in just a matter of a few moments, a sudden reversal of fortune. That sudden reversal of fortune is exactly what happens to Peter today in our gospel lesson. When Jesus asks his disciples what is being said about him, who people think he is, he gets a variety of answers. But when he asks his disciples who they think he is, Peter is inspired and comes through with this great confession. You are the Messiah. In versions of the story in the other Gospels, Jesus congratulates Peter for this insight, calling him blessed. But in Mark's version, he just tells his disciples not to tell anyone about him. And then Jesus launches into a description of what it means that he is the Messiah, the Savior, the one the world is waiting for. He says he will suffer greatly, he'll be rejected by the Jewish leaders, he'll be killed, and after three days rise again. Peter, incensed, takes Jesus aside and tells him, Jesus that is, how wrong he is. All these bad things can't possibly happen to you, Jesus, Peter says. Jesus, looking both at Peter and the other disciples, rebukes Peter, who has just had this great insight, and says to him, get behind me, Satan, for your mind, your perspective is oh so human and has nothing to do with God's way and will for me, for the Messiah. And bam, a sudden reversal of fortune for Peter, from insight to ignorance, from blessed to rebuked, from hero to goat. What's going on here? How can Peter be so right and then so wrong? Well, Peter was right that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior, but Peter was wrong about just what that meant. For Peter, like many in his day, and many today for that matter, the Messiah was someone who would bring great victories to his people, who would be a great military or political leader, who would restore the fortunes of Israel, and whose followers, like Peter, would find fame and fortune as part of the Messiah's inner circle. But for Jesus, the Messiah was to be a suffering servant, someone who take on the troubles, the brokenness, the sin of the world, and, dying on a cross, would offer God's forgiveness, love, grace, and new life to all in need, to all of us. Well, what does this really mean for us, and why is it oh so important, really a matter of life and death? A friend sent me this little poem, Christmas Trees and Strawberry Summers, many, many years ago now. Its author, who is clearly a Christian, is unknown. It talks about what we all, or at least most of us, would like to have as part of our day-to-day -day lives. And it also talks about how Jesus' call to follow him, to be his disciple, often leads us into tension with what we would like. Here is the poem, Christmas Trees and Strawberry Summers. What I'd really like is a life full of Christmas trees and strawberry summers, a walk through the zoo with a pocket full of bubblegum and a string of balloons. I'd say yes to blueberry mornings and carefree days with rainbow endings. I'd keep the world in springtime and the morning glories blooming. But life is more than birthday parties. Life is more than candied apples. I'd rather hear the singing than the weeping. I'd rather see the healing than the violence. I'd rather feel the pleasure than the pain. I'd rather know security than fear. I'd like to keep the cotton candy coming, but life is more than fingers crossed. Life is more than wishing. Christ said, follow me, and of course, I'd rather not. 
I'd rather pretend that that doesn't include me. I'd rather sit by the fire and make my excuses. I'd rather look the other way, not answer the phone, and be much too busy to read the paper. But I said yes, and that means risk. It means here I am, ready or not. Oh, Christmas tree and strawberry summers, you're what I like, and you are real. But so are hunger and misery and hate-filled red faces. So is confrontation. So is injustice. Discipleship means sometimes it's going to rain on my face. But when you've been blind and now you see, when you've been deaf and now you hear, when you've never understood and now you know, once you know who God calls you to be, you're not content with sitting in corners. There's got to be some alleluia shouting, some speaking out, some standing up, some caring, some sharing, some community, some risk. Discipleship means living what you know. Discipleship means thank you, Lord, for Christmas trees and strawberry summers, and even for rain in my face. Our lives, each and every one of our lives, are a mix of pleasure and pain, of hope and helplessness, of joy and sorrow. Christmas trees and strawberry summers, yes, but also, as the poem suggests, hunger and misery and hate and confrontation and injustice. And in the midst of this mix of our lives, oh, how we need a savior, and oh, how we need to follow the savior. Why is this so important, so essential for us? In my first parish, I served a little farming community in northern Minnesota. A city kid fresh out of seminary, I didn't know much about farms and farming, and I was soon to learn that I didn't know much about farmers and their families either. As I drove around visiting one farm and family after another, I noticed the differences in the farms. Some farms were bigger and some smaller, some farmhouses fancier and some more ramshackle. Some barns neat and tidy, while others were an interesting collection of old farm machinery, junky cars and benches and shelves full of unfinished projects. One farm stood out to me, a lovely old white farmhouse with an immaculate yard and a picturesque white picket fence around the yard. It seemed perfect. I let the farmer and his wife know how impressed I was and how lovely everything looked. Farmer's wife gave me a look that I couldn't quite interpret. Some weeks later, I was in my office at church and there was a soft knock on my door. It was the woman from the perfect white farmhouse. She sat in the chair across from me and began to weep, and the whole sad story came tumbling out. <coughs> Excuse me. Her husband was an alcoholic, and her life had been a mess, like hell, for a long, long time. Her kids, grown and gone, stayed as far away from their dad as possible, and so she almost never got to see them, or her grandkids either. The picturesque white farmhouse with the picket fence, so lovely on the outside, was full of dark secrets, sad stories, overflowing with hurt and pain. And though our lives, yours and mine, likely don't hold such a stark, striking contrast as this, they are similar in that we put on our best smiles and wear a brave face in public, while in private we know the brokenness, the darkness, the loneliness that's simply part of being human, of living in a beautiful and oh-so-imperfect world. And so we desperately need a savior who is suffering and dying for us and who knows firsthand our pain and heartache 
and who upon the cross bore our sin and offers us forgiveness, mercy, grace in its place. And as we follow Jesus, our Savior who died for us, we follow him into the lives of all the women and men who live in lovely white farm homes and with picket fences, but homes that hide struggle and heartache and pain and fear. As disciples of Christ, captured by his love and responding to his call, we face, in the words of the poem I just shared, the hunger and misery, the hate and confrontation and injustice of the world by speaking out and standing up, by caring and sharing and risking ourselves for people in need, near and far. Thank God for Christmas trees and strawberry summers and all that is good about this life of ours. And thank God for our Savior, for Jesus, who is present with us in the midst of all that is hard and lonely and painful about this life of ours. And thank God for each one who follows Jesus into the hard places of life to bring a little of his hope and help, his light and love to dark corners and desperate people. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be Thanks again, Jim and Debbie, for all the beautiful music. 
we continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite uh, Jim and Debbie to come and do our prayers of intercession, please. Lord. promise we pray for the church the world and all in need revealing God you have made yourself known through bread and wine water and word continue to nurture your church that it is a place where your presence is experienced and shared Lord in your mercy hear our prayer creating God you brought life into being and called it good Bring new creation to lands devastated by tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, fires, and other disasters like Afghanistan and Haiti. Restore forests and curb overflowing waters. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protecting God, you desire all people to live in peace and safety. Provide for all who are in danger. Strengthen first responders to help meet to the complex needs of others. Provide care and compassion as they face trauma themselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Transforming God, you announce release to the captives and freedom to the oppressed. Break chains of discrimination and injustice. Amplify voices that go unheard and inspire us to advocate for those who are overlooked. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Forming God, you gather this community together. Shape our communal life that in our prayer, praise, and worship, we honor you and encourage one another. Keep our disagreements civil and increase our joy in working together. Today we remember these people in our community. Julie Dubois, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Ilmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Leslie, Larry Bazile, Marsha Helling, Dave Haugerud, Rachel Seacrest, 
Dave Flatten, Tammy and Kelsey Zamuda. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Redeeming God, you accompany your people through every stage of life. We give you thanks for the saints who now rest in your embrace, and especially we remember Joanne Fowler and her family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts, known only to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. Continue with the sharing of the peace. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to bless yourself or someone you might be worshiping with using this Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the Synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. And as you're considering that, I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and sing an offering song for us, please. I will serve thee because I
continue with our offering prayer, then let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And would you join me as we pray together then our Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll have our closing songs then at this point. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, Yeah.
Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. For all the way, he will take care.